Hi everybody, thanks for tuning in today. You're with Life Lessons um, Podcast with Now Is Your Time, Donna and Cheryl. I'm Donna. Hi. Hi. So today we've got a gorgeous young lady, a friend of the Now Is Your Time family um, uh, by the name of Sierra Renee. Now Sierra is a friend of ours because we actually met her through some of the incredible female entrepreneur groups that we are in um, and she's based all the way out in California and what you're going to hear about is an amazing story of somebody who has achieved so much in already such a short time and it hasn't been easy so you're going to hear about real resilience grit and determination and what that means so we're going to um, introduce Sierra now hi hello hi guys hello hello thanks for having me an absolute pleasure we're so excited for you to be here today and hear about your story so i know we know a little bit about you but obviously the guys who are tuning in today won't know anything so we got clean slate here to talk to and um we're just intrigued though first of all you're in california and we want to know it's always gorgeous and sunny because it always looks it on the films for the most part yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> for the most part so it's like the, what is it, the second of October today, mm -hmm. and it's um, freezing cold in yeah. the UK and very, very, very windy. We nearly got yeah. blown away going to a meeting before. So yeah. I'm seeing you sat in like you know bathed a in halo. sunlight there. You look like you're in a halo of sunshine. It's dark here already. Yeah. So <laughs> I wish it was like that for us. It's it's not, which is unfortunate. Oh well. Listen, we're dying to get stuck into your life lessons and stories. So just tell us a little bit just about you as well. Just so the guys who are tuning in today just understand a little bit about how you grew up, what, what that was like. Okay, so I'm 19. I graduated high school last year. So, Thanks. yeah. You could yeah. daughter. You're younger than John's daughter. daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I turned 20 in March and... Um, I am from a rough um, little area in LA called Watts. It's like right next door to a city called Compton. I'm not sure if any of them are, yeah, any of our listeners are familiar with um, Los Angeles, but that's where I'm from. And um, I grew up in housing projects. So it's just kind of like this like low income type of situation and very tough tough environment lots of violence lots of crazy stuff going on so I grew up in a very very like fast and and dangerous neighborhood if you will what's that this, like to see you know as a child seeing like violence around you like what what what, are you, what do you think when you say when you're little and you see that well I mean for me I had always been not very street smart but just kind of aware of how like people worked and things of that nature so I'm just like you know there in my head I would be trying to reason like why is this stuff happening and of course you know when you're young your parents don't want to explain to you about what's going on they don't want to expose you to that kind of stuff but definitely seeing it was very um rattling so to say the least mm, I can't imagine yeah. a little brain Mm -hmm. deals with that it's mm -hmm. so oh. yeah mm. yeah it was pretty harsh um yeah so I for the most of my life I had been in Watts and then I ended up relocating to Redlands California where I graduated high school which was you know a lot more calm area for mm. me but um I I've dealt with I think everything you can imagine there with a few exceptions. Um, I've dealt with homelessness. I've dealt with, you know, just not 
having enough or going without food and, and, and things of that nature. Like a lot of that stuff is a part of, I think, what made me so tenacious in entrepreneurship just because I knew, like I always knew I was an entrepreneur, like I knew because I, I was a great student in school and I loved it. I loved school, but at the same time, I was very much not, I was independent. I was not in tune with, with authority and things of that nature. And I think you hear that from a lot of entrepreneurs. Like I didn't like being told what to do. I was just a student who was like, you know what? You gave me the work, I'll do the work and that's it. Like, I, you know, type of thing. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm just going to do what I need to do. And, and that, that was always me. And so I kind of knew, I'm like, okay, I want to have my own business. I don't want to have to go to work. But I mean, I always knew that it took money to make money. And so from dealing with homelessness and, and um, different things like that, different adversities like that kind of just um, made me want to to be stable, I guess you would say. And so I got my first job. I worked at a Starbucks and I kind of just took that money and threw it into my first business, which was a clothing brand. Um, and from there, like my love of entrepreneurship just grew. So that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And because I think from what you're saying is a lot of the, the, the need to be stable is probably coming from the fact that you had homelessness, you know, trying to find money for food and things. So just talk to us and for the people who were who listening a little bit around the, when you were in that state of home homelessness, like what was that like for you? What, what did that feel like? How did that impact you? Yeah, it was pretty scary. It was, it was a very scary time. Even just like, I had situations where like my mom and I, I have um, younger sisters, by the way. And so it was just like, it was just like me and, and my mom and I, like we were going through this whole situation and um, even times where we didn't have lights on and we had to deal with that kind of stuff. It was just, it was, it was a bit embarrassing just because I knew that that was because like we didn't have the resources that we needed at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was also, it was just very scary because I felt that I had to be strong for everyone mm -hmm. and to just kind of um, power through it. That, that, that's just what it was. It, it was, it was just a situation. And, and I think that kind of helped me build my my, my lack of complaint, like mentality now, like I'm very grateful and very content. But um, in that moment, it was just, it was just a scary time, but I knew that it was something that was going to make me stronger in the end, even though it was happening, you know? So you actually knew that at the time you were almost taking this as, not a message, but it, it, this is something, rather than giving up and think, feeling hopeless, and thinking, you know, life's not gonna get any better, you actually were thinking, I know that I'm going to get through this and this is going to make me a stronger person. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it was just about like not, not giving up. Like I had to be an example. I have younger siblings. So it was just about just getting through it. Even though it was happening to me, I really just kind of did a whole 360 and kind of interpreted it as happening for me instead. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. 
incredible. It's happening yeah. for me, not to me. Yeah. But I have the clarity. I mean, how old, I mean, I how old were you when this was born on, Sierra? I was pretty young. It, it happened a few times, actually. So, I mean, the first time I can remember it being very young um, and just growing up with even, even, you know, not to get too personal, but just like um, an unstable, like parental situation as well, because, you know, my mom didn't have the support that she needed yeah. either. And that translated into what was going on in our lives as um, children. But definitely it was just kind of a situation where like I was young and I didn't necessarily know what was going on. Like I had an idea, but I was just like, you know what, like mommy is going to fix it. Like it's happening, whatever. And then it happened again when I was a little bit older. And, I, and, and this time I was a little embarrassed, like I said, because I was like in high school. And the crazy thing to then aren't you it's more about what other people think than the fact that it's happening almost yeah yeah and it was really crazy because I was like a few the uh shelter that we were staying in I was like a few blocks from my high school okay. so it was crazy and and um it it happened and I was I was embarrassed but I was I was also just trying to think of solutions at the same time and kind of trying to process it so yeah, that that was my mentality on that whole situation. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah. what's the relationship with your mom like as well? Like, how was that? How do you think that's? Mm, it's really hard. It's it's a really hard situation to navigate. So, yeah, you've been through a lot together, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have. We have. Yeah, it's just been a lot. It, it's been a lot, and and so we are very we're close and I feel like I can confide in her about anything and I think also from watching her be so strong mm -hmm. that translated over to me and helped me be strong as well so mm -hmm. yeah you definitely get it from somewhere and what do you yeah. think of you then so you've got your sisters and you want to be a role model for them what do they think of their fabulous big sister now Man, my sister, uh, she turns 13 in December. My, one of my youngest sisters, I have, I have actually four sisters now. <laughs> <Right? Wow. laughs> it's ridiculous. And so my 13-year-old sister, she's second oldest, and she's just so proud. She's always telling people, like, my sister is an entrepreneur. And, and she runs her own. It's so, it's so, it makes me cry every time she, yeah. she'll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've learned that. Oh. Isn't that gorgeous though that she's grown up with a very different? Because yeah. I'd imagine they were younger, they probably don't have the same memories of it either as you do. Yeah. Because you'll have tried to be big sister and shelter them from as much of the reality as you could. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're just, they're in a great place and they're really, really proud of me, especially my, my second youngest sister, my second oldest sister. She's just, she's turning into me, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. happen. Absolutely. What was it like, Sierra, when you were? It's, so you talked about the embarrassment at school, but you're at school. You're a good student. You've done well at school. But how do you balance all of that stress and everything that's going on at home mm. with actually getting your work studying. done, studying, learning? Like, how was that? How did you manage that? Um. I actually, when I was at a high school, I was very mean. And I think I know why, because I was just going through 
such a hard time. Like I was dealing with my mom and, and, and my mom was also like sick. She was battling like bipolar disorder and things like that. And, and that was something that stressed me out in school. Mm -hmm. And, um, I guess relationship problems and things like that. So, yeah. so it was just, it was just, I, I was very mean. I used that as a coping mechanism and I'm not, I'm not afraid to talk about that either just because mm -hmm. it, it, it took, it took self-awareness to realize that that was, that's what that was. Yeah. Um, so I was like very mean to my peers. Like when I first started out and I didn't want anyone to talk to me, I was very like, sheltered and, and I was in my, my bubble, my shell. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I just kind of took it and, and channeled it into something, something better. You know, I was just like, I don't want to be this person. I just kind of woke up and decided like, just because I went through all of this, it doesn't give me permission to treat people mm -hmm. this way. And so it just kind of, it kind of, um, it made me into a better person. So, um, as far as schoolwork went, like I was always on top of that and, and I never like let my grades slip. I'd always been an, an honor student, always, you know, even took extra like uh, college courses like in my free time when I could. And like, that's just the kind of student I was. And, and so I can recall, I can recall like a, a point where I was just like not interested in, in school or anything, but at the same time, I knew that this is something that I have to keep on top of yeah. because I, I have to be, like I said, a role model for my sisters, but yeah, I was a meanie. Well, <laughs> well you, you, you can relate to that a little bit though, can't you, in terms of that growing up feeling like, do you know yeah. what? It, it manifested in you in a yeah. very similar way, didn't it? Because when I, when I, from where we live, I was, I'm adopted, so, um, and I'm mixed race, so my parents and the family were white, so where I grew up, I grew up, well, I think I was the only white person, I was, I was the only person who wasn't white in my school, that was like, in, in where we live, that it wasn't very multi kind of cultural, so I felt that that need of not knowing my identity. I came in from school one day when I was very young, I can't remember, and I'd covered myself in white chalk. And this was when I was in, I don't know if you'd call it kindergarten. Yeah. I was literally like three or four, something yeah. like that. So there must have been something that I looked different to everyone else. So then I felt the need to gravitate towards the, the cool crowds or trying to fit in with the, the cool people so that nobody would then kind of discriminate against us so I wouldn't have to deal with any prejudice so it was almost like an, uh -huh. it's almost like an aggression isn't it a kind of like don't mess with me or else to keep people uh -huh. at arm's yeah. length yeah. so that they don't get too close and find out that actually yeah. there's stuff going on yeah. and it's yeah. but I was not aware of that no, until that, yeah. I was in my late well, no, I, I, I am I'm a self-aware person but I wasn't aware of all that stuff till I was in my 30s you're 19 and you've, and you've, realized, 19. Yeah. Yeah. you've already kind of worked all of that yeah. out, which is absolutely amazing because it could have gone, Thank you. right? Like you could have just gone with the flow and like became what you're raging yeah. against and you didn't, you stepped out and said, and there's something in you that's when we're speaking to you, it's that determination in your eyes of like, that was never going to be my life. Like, yeah, yeah. that was not going to be my life. Because you, yeah. you, you want a role model your sisters, but I'm just curious, like, your why? What is your why? You know, the why for what you're doing for the entrepreneurship, like, what is that driver that keeps you 
driven to overcome all of that? Um, I like how it feels to impact other people. I think that that's something that I'm driven by. Just like my, I know that like at first, like when I first came in, I'm like, okay, like I know that entrepreneurship is my passion, but, and I can make a lot of money doing this. And that was for a while, like, okay, this is, this is the reason why I'm doing this. And then I started getting, like, every day I wake up, I get a nice message from someone or, like, someone telling me that I impacted their lives. And that in itself is, like, currency for me. Like, the money's great, but the impact is so much better. And so I think that's the reason why I, I'm doing what I'm doing. And I'm just seeing so many people who are you know taking advantage of like the time that we live in where you can capitalize off of your your abilities like via the internet mm -hmm. and so i just want to be an authentic like voice and and just authentically serve these people who are coming to me with their issues and and, and with their you know social media things going on and and not not take advantage like i just like like the fact that I can change someone's life by something that, because I grew up on the internet, like something that's innate to me. And so it's innate to me, but it's not to them. And so it's kind of like the fact that I can change someone's life, but like my knowledge is like heck of a lot better than a paycheck to me. Mm. Yeah. Which yeah. We resonate with each other. Yeah. It's very similar to, yeah, yeah. Well, like time wise, yeah. it's about making a difference to people's lives, changing people's lives. That's yeah, for some people who are listening, but literally That's one small thing can yeah can change someone's life, as you know yourself. When yeah, again, to grow up with that social conscience and that desire to be present and serve in people's lives at your age. Yeah, usually you get and you're wearing our forties, and we're like, yeah. God, we really want to pay forward, we want yeah. to help people, yeah. and it's kind of always been there. But do you know you within within your business, you're already acting on that. You've already set the forums to support women who are trying to set their business, who need help with social media, who need help with branding, and like you are always the you know the, one of the first people there with a hand up to say, I can help you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not in an um in a way that always has that agenda of, yeah. and it's going to cost you after the first time yeah. to speak you know and yeah the conversation is sometimes take a breath you know let other people step in sometimes isn't it and not you know don't don't give everything away just like let it happen organically sometimes but you're always so keen to help and jump in right yeah yeah that's my thing it is your thing and you're really good at it because thank you like we're in our 40s when we've set this up and a lot of things that hold us have held us back and have held, might be holding people back who are listening in is the fear it's those limiting beliefs that we've put in place of ourselves to think we can't do this you know it's not the right time you don't seem to have those limiting beliefs you know and it's kind of it's refreshing you don't have to wait till you're in your 30s and 40s and 50s to have these epiphanies mm. to kind of overcome these fears you have, have kind of from what you've been through you could have kind of thought well that's never going to happen to me and i won't be able to make something of myself because of yeah. where i've come from that doesn't even come into play where you're concerned you're kind of like you haven't you don't seem to have limiting beliefs that i can what see do, do you yeah how does it come out in you <laughs> i mean i i had i had them and like i said like it took a lot of self-awareness like i had limiting beliefs around money because like we lack that um, I dealt with like bullying in school, which is partially why I was such a meanie. 
And, you know, that was something. And then, of course, like my mother's illness and and things like that just kind of um, really took a toll on me. And um, it just took working through them, honestly, just really sitting down and getting real with myself and realizing that the the challenges that I faced were actually gifts to me, at least like they were they were gifts to me because it took like me getting thrown into like all this like chaos very early and it took me to go through that to kind of get to know myself and so um it was just it was just a lot of like digging deep and and exploring like who I am and how I feel about certain things and and what beliefs are actually mine and what came from like my environment and things like that so it did take work. It did take work, but I never, my, my mom never allowed me to feel like I couldn't do anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had teachers called, you know, it, it was just, it's, it was just a lot of, um, people expressed a lot of belief in me, I guess you can say. Yeah. And, and that also helped me along, but, but definitely like, I just, always felt like I could touch the moon if I want to and my mom would just be like yeah you can you know what I mean yeah I love that I love that because that's what that was one of the things I wanted to ask you when we spoke today so um like for, for me for example I'm from a background where we grew up you know in kind of rented housing and people didn't go to university and things like that and it was quite hand to mouth really kind of you know some weeks were quite scary and I knew that there was money being borrowed and you know, things being shuffled and sometimes yeah. borrowed from relatives. And like, I grew up with that and I, and I had like a really strong memory of, um, and I've talked to Cheryl about this before. Like I remember one day, um, mum was cooking dinner for dad coming home, like our tea time meal. And I remember like a few days in a row, she was saying, I've ate mine, I've ate mine. And that's when I realized she hasn't ate hers, but just literally isn't enough to feed the four of us. Yeah. That kind of, Oh my God. And I think we're in those days again now with food banks becoming common, you know, and they're not common to people who aren't working. They're common to people who are working. You know, we see nurses and police officers having to go to food banks to get assistance with food because life is just getting more and more expensive. And there's, there's been such a stigma about it, about what shops you would go to. And that's kind of all being blown up now. People are becoming more and more open about it. And but I, my, my, outcome of that was I was really like money scarcity was a big belief that I had to overcome as a as a grown-up kind of thing I just the first I bought my first house when I was 23 and I cried myself to sleep because I thought I would lose it because my parents didn't own their home they rented so how did you again it's took me I'm like in my mid-40s and it's still ongoing work it's something I'm very conscious that I have to work on so how do you how did you overcome that um I think it is, in a sense, still ongoing, but definitely I know that, like, when it comes to money scarcity, I just, in my head, I kind of just planted, implanted the idea that, I mean, it's this or something better. So, I mean, if this doesn't happen for, like, it's not happening to me, it's happening for me, like I said before. And so I'm just like, you know what? If this is going a certain way, then, I mean, it's meant to be that way. And it, it has to work out like it always has. So it's going to continue to, you know what I mean? And that's just, that's, I think that's how I got over it. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got, you, you, yeah. So you, you, your mindset and your, the way you think is of a very positive nature, mm-hmm. naturally. Yeah. And then it sounds if you, if you catch yourself 
thinking in a negative way or you have some kind of self-limiting beliefs, you take a step back, reflect, and then you're replacing that thought with, with a positive thought, which is a lot of work we do yeah. with people in, in terms of, call it rewiring. It's almost like rewiring. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that you think, well, it, it all works it always works out because it always has. Yes, yeah. Where somebody who really struggles to think like you do will go, Well, it might not work out because look what's happened in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Problems. You know, mm -hmm. it's like what you choose to focus on, you choose your state very yeah. consciously and you choose to yeah. think of the positive. And I don't know if you're even aware that you do it at that level, but clearly that's something that yeah. is a massive strength. You know, yeah. it's not something you probably had to work on that when you were little and now it's a subconsciously such a yeah. really strong trait for you. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I... No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go on. Sorry, Sierra. Oh, no, I was just saying, like, I spent a lot of time, like, studying philosophy as well, and I think that's something that kind of fueled me. I was, I was young, I was in high school, and, and that was something that I was just very, very interested in, and started, like, picking up, like, law of attraction and things like mm -hmm. that, and I'm just like, okay, you know, I can't, I can't be this negative person, and like I said, I, I just did a whole 360 and stopped being a, a meanie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and now you're using all your powers for good. So tell us what's, what's next for you. Tell us a little bit about your business, where you are, what you're excited for in the next year. Um, so I do a lot of business consulting. So that means branding and marketing. Those are my two primary um, um, industries that I consult in and then I am also running a clothing brand and um, I'm doing mindset and success coaching as well and um, that is one of my favorite things to do because I mean like we're talking here today I've been through so much and I understand the role that mindset plays in your success and things like that so that is why I'm, I'm coaching in those areas I've walked the walk and then as far as uh, you know marketing it's just it, it's it's the love of my life I think <laughs> mm -hmm. uh just just on on digital marketing itself is just such a beautiful beautiful thing um what's next for me I just I want to scale my um my media agency so Sierra Renee Media is the umbrella that I'm consulting under Mm -hmm. And, um, I eventually, yeah, I want to scale, like I want to have the office, I want to have the employees and I just want to kind of blanket this mission over everyone and, and just, just consult with integrity, you know? I love that. Consult I, with integrity. I just love the ring, the Sierra Renee media just sounds so posh. You've got a great name. It lends itself well, <laughs> Yes. I can see you Thanks, guys. Fancy offers, all your fancy stuff. Yeah. One yeah. day, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> One day I might be at the Fort Cove and visit you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. all the lessons in your life, of all the experiences you've had, you know, if you were talking to my little boy and kind of instilling one thing in him as your life lesson, tell me what you would tell. Um, no matter what you go through, like despite adversity, I think anything is possible with like determination and grit. Mm. Well, you've certainly got that in yeah. literally bucket loads. And yeah. 
we've got no doubt. We're really excited. We're like the UK mamas over here, aren't we? So we're really excited to see what you achieve. And we just know that you're going to go so far and with integrity. Because yeah. a lot of people go far on the back of somebody else's glory, but you're going to do it all on your own and in the way that you want to. So we really honour you for that and we applaud you. And it's just really inspirational. So thank you for sharing that with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's our pleasure. Thanks, Sierra. Thank Speak you. soon. Bye, guys.